Welcome to the How to Be a TV Star podcast in association with Plop Entertainment. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back. This is podcast two in the How to Be a TV Star podcast series. I'm Nick Piper, and Happy New Year to my co-star in the studio here, Mr. Derek Sue. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? Well, pretty good. What did you get up to over New Year's? Anything exciting, or was it all work? Oh, well, you know, I was uh, just like a sheep. I went uh, <laughs> to, I went to the... Uh, to the middle of city to watch the fireworks, so it was uh, all dazzle. And for those of you who don't live in Sydney, Sydney fireworks have got to be the best in the world, would you not say? Well, yes, I, I, yep. although they're, they're the only ones I think I've seen in the world, so <laughs> I don't really have a comparison right yeah, now. It's pretty good, though. It's pretty good. Hey, right. look, w- welcome back, everybody. I hope you had a great break, and uh, we certainly had, well, a little bit of a break, I guess. So most of the time, Derek and I were both working on the uh, resources and the products, and um, finding ways in which to improve the information we give to you via newsletter and podcasts. And uh, today we promise to be slick, quick, to the point. And for those of you who tuned into the last podcast, we discussed the importance of being committed to your goals and to your aspirations. And tonight, Derek, our, our feature subject something to do with taking that first step. Absolutely. Look, I think the very first step that, we're, that we believe is actually watching TV. I mean, it doesn't sound like a very... A big thing. It sounds like a quite pleasurable thing, but uh, I believe, Nick, you've got quite a few tips as to why it's important to actually watch TV and make it a, make it a commitment that you actually watch a certain amount every week and, and uh, use it. Yeah, use it. That's exactly right. Well, let's just pretend that you've decided that TV presenting is your choice of career. Now, it would be unwise for us to rush you off to a course or suggest that you uh, learn all about breathing and posture. I think one of the first steps you need to do is you need to understand the business you're getting into, and that comes through research. And research is basically understanding, watching, um, reviewing, analysing the market in which you're going to be competing and employed in, which is TV. Now, as Derek said, it sounds like a great job just sitting there watching television, but for the majority of you out there, you watch it for entertainment value. And we've got to really try and get that out of your system. Now, Derek, let me ask you honestly. Do you watch TV for enjoyment or entertainment? I mean, you must do. You must have some downtime, surely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it, it just, just depends on the situation. But, you know, quite often if I'm, if I'm thinking more creatively, uh, I'll be watching it for the – I'll be deconstructing the show and, and seeing how it works and what's, what's going on. And uh, sometimes I can interfere with your enjoyment when you're watching a movie or other programs. But, yeah, definitely I think you need to separate. I, am I watching this show for just for downtime or yeah. am I actually watching it to try and help me in my career? Now, to give you an idea of where you need to be, if anyone was to watch television with Derek or I, it would be a nightmare because you'd, simply sit, you'd be sitting there appreciating a, a Gandalf or some mythical figure riding a horse over the hill and we'd be sitting there worried about uh, where he's looking, what kind of filter they're using, uh, what kind of special effects, if there's any CGI in the background. But that's how you need to analyse television. You need to watch it to find out a number of things. And the things we need to find out are... Uh, First of all, what your competition is doing. When you watch television, and I'm going to give you a practical application in a moment, but when you watch TV, you need to be watching the shows that either you would be employed in, if you were a television presenter in in a professional way, or the competition. In other words, people that you aspire to, people roughly the same demographic, the same age, the same personality, the same skill set, even the same interests. So if you have a wildlife interest, you tend to gravitate towards Animal Planet and watch a number of the presenters, what they're doing. And analysing means finding out what they're doing well, in other words, what appeals to you, what annoys you about them, or anything that they do that polarises your opinion of them. It's all very easy for most people to sit back and go, I don't like this show, I don't like the, this presenter, 
Um, but it's of far more value if you know why you don't particularly appreciate what they do. And the first and only way of doing this is by watching television. Now, most of you, again, will watch two or three hours of television for entertainment in the evenings. You need to do this. One Sunday, you need to access a reliable TV guide or programming schedule. For most of you, that'll be the TV week, the TV guide. Buy it on a Sunday. Sit down and make appointments with your television. Now, what you need to do is you need to circle the shows during the week. Most of the time, you probably don't have time to watch them. That are presenter-led, obviously. It helps if they're locally produced, because let's face it, stick to your own market at the moment. And shows that have a presenter or host that you aspire to, identify with, admire, have similar interests. Set your VCR or your box top set, whatever, and whichever way and you like recording your shows. Record maybe one or two shows a night and spend 20 to 30 minutes each night reviewing the show only for analytical purposes of the presenter's performance. So let me give you an example. Uh, American Idol, and we all know Ryan Seacrest is a very capable host of Idol. Record Idol, so if it's for an hour, and then fast forward through the bits that aren't necessary, obviously the singing and the comments by Simon Cowell, but watch Ryan Seacrest's performance. Keep a journal and make a note of all the things that I just discussed, things you like, things you don't like. How does a presenter interact with the co-host? Is the presenter uh, reading off on autocue? Do you think he's ad-libbing? Make all these observations. Find out the things you like. Find out the things you dislike. Sounds pretty easy. Yeah, it does. I mean, it it does, but it really takes the... You really need to have the initiative and the commitment to actually sit down and actually do it. It's a pretty simple process. And, uh, look, I think a lot of people... If you look at a lot of TV stars, or TV presenters, TV hosts out there who have become successful, they probably have done that, but they may not. They may not be doing it as so methodical as what we're discussing no, here. Right. And what this does is, by doing it methodically and by sitting down and actually making notes and making mental notes, you're going to be fast tracking your success in terms of being being more uh, being able to distinguish and make those distinctions, mm-hmm. and therefore apply it to yourself when when you are practicing. Mm. And we're not we're certainly not suggesting you go out and watch two or three hours of television. No, what we're suggesting is you record the shows. I mean, for example, if the if you're a children's television presenter, a lot of the shows obviously that are um, sort of appealing to kids are on between the hours of maybe one o'clock in the afternoon to four o'clock in the afternoon, or for preschoolers or, or um, early childhood age group, you'd be looking at maybe nine o'clock in the morning, twelve o'clock. So you're going to be at work. You have the opportunity to watch those so record them and don't watch them all the way through because the majority of shows don't have presenters talking to the camera for the entire show but fast forward for 20 or 30 minutes per night it's just getting you working smart instead of working hard so at least you now know what your competition is doing and you have a journal of notes at the end of the week you can go right you know what i've seen that show i don't really like the presenter um maybe that's a place I should be sending my reel because I believe I can do a better performance or come across as a better presenter than that person is doing at this present time. Yeah, I thought, that Nick, that last, uh, well, that suggestion to actually record the show, I think it's a fantastic idea. Mm. I mean, you're going to be able to get through so much more shows and also just save time. Yeah, and, and look, be easy on yourself. For the first week, just practice, okay? Practice doing it. Practice recording, having a look back, because eventually we want this to be as natural and as pedantic as cleaning your teeth. So at the end of the night, when you go to bed, you can say, well, I've done 20 or 30 minutes of decent television watching today. That means, of course, after 20 or 30 minutes, you can watch whatever you want. You can watch Grey's Anatomy or Desperate Housewives or or House, and you can enjoy television because at the end of the day, you have to enjoy it. And your partner, your wife, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever is going to kill you otherwise. Enjoy your analytical approach. 
um, make the notes in the journals, at the end of the week at least you have some kind of achievement and it's become a natural process for you to analyse TV in your week. That's right, and then you get to have really interesting conversations with people that also watch TV at such an analytical like, level. Like us. <laughs> um, and if there's any particular sort of moment in television time that we believe is worth discussing on the podcast in an analytical way, then we certainly will. And um, I, I think you have to be pretty honest with your partner or the person you live with because I think you do necessarily, you do actually need to take time away from enjoyment for analytical purposes but this is your future job that's a commitment you have to make anyway watch tv all right well time for the fact of the week uh here we go Derek. i, I don't know if we need a drum roll do we need a drum roll here no we don't know do we well maybe i might be able to find a little uh, sound effect well it, de- it depends i guess largely on how effective the fact is i guess because yeah. this one this one's i don't know if this one's any good here we go fact of the week oh it's fact of the fort no, fact of the podcast even an early episode of the famous Pokemon cartoon series was aired on the Japanese TV network, causing almost 700 convulsions to young children. The offending scene was a 10-second sequence where one of the characters flashed his red eyes. Well, it must have flashed a few times, or...? Yeah, you know what? This is probably an advertising gimmick. What, they deliberately do they that? They deliberately do it, because surely they'd have some, like, Nurofen or Panadol sponsoring that particular segment because the parents, of course, would go out there and say, my goodness, my kids are convulsing. 700 convulsions. Sounds like an effective way of getting people to watch a TV show. Imagine that. Yeah, and and now we're talking about it, so that's obviously just added on. But imagine imagine if there was an ad on TV, watch Jackass this week, because this week Jackass will guarantee you'll have a convulsion, certainly by the end of the show. I'd watch, wouldn't you? Um, I don't think I would. <laughs> Just need to listen to us for 15 minutes and you'll be convulsing. Anyway. That's right. All right. Well, let's get on with the uh, the questions that we've had from uh, readers. Yes. Now, the first one's from Ali Banger, I think. And his question is, I know I'm cool. Good enough. Got millions of fans. But how about the people who don't like me on TV? How can I make them to like me? And how can I make the most with my facial expressions and then the words? This is a uh, reader's letter that I kept aside for quite a while because I laughed like crazy when I read it because he actually sounds, or she, sounds as if they are kind of passionate about what they want to do. Got millions of fans. Well, I don't know whether or not that's true because I think we probably would have heard of you before (laughs) if you've got millions of fans. How can I make them like me? Well, this is almost something that we've covered sort of regarding watching television why a certain presenter doesn't work for you you must remember that this is a subjective industry there will be people out there no matter how effective and how slick you are let's take an example of Ryan Seacrest now I think he's a very good presenter because he controls everything in the palm of his hand but there is just as many people out there probably who don't like his presenting style as like him and that is the nature of the business how can I make them like me well you can't really but you need to be I guess as less polarising as possible. Now, if you look at a lot of news readers, particularly weather readers around the globe, most of them are the kind of personalities that are forgettable. I mean that in a very kind, sincere way, because if you remember too much about them, then you'd be forgetting what they're talking about, and they are just simply conveying information to you. So if you had a news presenter who had a wart on the end of his nose or her nose, or maybe a really unusual hairstyle or a very, very colourful tie, then most news directors would say, well, you just simply can't do that on TV because you're going to have half a million people looking at the colour of your tie, not understanding what you're talking about when regarding the latest rail disaster in India. 
So how can you make them like me? Well, you just be as neutral and as non-polarizing as possible, but I just don't... I mean, what do you think? You put a lot of character into your present. You're very much a personality presenter. If I told you be generic, you'd, you would hate that, wouldn't you? Yeah, look, I think I think the, the thing um, Ali needs to come to grips with is just the fact that you're not going to get everyone to like you. Just like when you're in high school or in school, you not you may want to be the most popular and you want everyone to love you and all that, mm. but it's just not going to happen. There's always going to be people that don't. And uh, as you said, you know, it's just a matter of if you want to be the generic type of newsreader and have more have more people not like you, but then you're not going to get the people that really like you. That's you're right. going to kind of just get a fairly average sort of a response. So it, just, it just depends what you're comfortable with. But I think you really need to get, get comfortable with the fact that not everyone's going to like you, period, no matter who you are. If you're Oprah Winfrey who, or you're David Leatherman, there's always going to be there's always going to be haters. Yeah, <laughs> lots of haters. Now, just to do justice to your, uh, your, your, your letter, Ali, I'm just going to answer very quickly that final question there. How can I play most with my face expressions than words? Look, I think the key word for presenting is personality. I think a lot of it nowadays is based on people's personality. Now, you look at the late Steve Irwin, um, you know, even the likes of someone like uh, Australian viewers will be familiar with Mr. Rofe McManus, even Jay Leno. Um, facial expressions and words really don't have much to do with it as much as the personality counts. If you've got a unique personality and you would consider yourself to be someone of great interest, there's no need to change your facial expressions or words. You just need to be yourself. But being yourself on screen, on television, is actually about getting in front of camera. And coming up in future uh, podcasts, we will be going in-depth in regarding to your practical applications um, and practical practice and on-screen um, personality traits that you can do. So we won't address that at this point, but in further podcasts. Okay, great. Look, on to our second question. Mm. we got uh, Kobe Phelan, and uh, she says... Uh, or he. Or he. <laughs> yeah, these are very, very extravagant type of names. Unusual. Yeah, they're great. Which is I'm great. It's great. Uh, uh, look, I'm in year 10, and I have to decide what I have to do with my life. I really want to be on a travel show such as Getaway or something similar. I want to see the world. What subjects do I need to do in year 11 and 12 to help me get onto the right track? What courses do I need to do? What do I need to study? Thank you. Brilliant. This is just a great question because here's somebody in year 10. Now, for our international view, even I get confused about year 10. That's what, the second to last year of high school? Well, year 10, you get up to 12. 10, 11, 12. So that's the old form 5. Uh, 10 would be Form 4. <laughs> so 15 or 16 years of age? Uh, yeah, 15. 15 years of age. Okay. Look, um, if you're 15 years of age, it's unlikely uh, you're going to be working on a show that's a travel show such as Getaway. And for the, again, for those of you not familiar with the Australian um, television schedules, Getaway is like a generic travel show that goes out about 7.30 at night, prime time on a commercial network. Um, at 15, you don't have enough world experience. I'm just going to call upon a, a, not, not so much a colleague or friend of mine, but someone who's given us some advice over the years, and that's Mr. John Redden, who's head of production here in Sydney, Australia, for the Lifestyle Channel. And he says that they look at people who have a life. They don't want someone walking and saying, I just want to be famous, I want to be successful really quickly when they're 19 or 20 years of age, because it's unlikely that person can sit at a table and have an interesting conversation about the things they've seen and the places they've been. So I think... Look, one of the most important things if you're young, there are children's shows out there and it's important to remember that there is an opening for presenters of any age, young or old. And if you're 15, 16, 17, then you're going to relate highly to an audience of, let's say, ages 10 to 15. So there's, there's the obvious angle there. 
Um, but travel shows, I don't think so, not at that point, because you need to go and experience life. You actually need to travel. Because if you're 15 years of age walking along a beach saying, this is the most amazing beach I've ever seen, I don't believe that you've seen many beaches to make that call. So it's an audience trust thing. I'm getting on to the second part of the question. Uh, what subjects do I need to do in year 11 and 12? I'm, and what courses do I need to do? What do I need to study? I'm going to throw this one over to Derek because uh, my pathway into television was pretty much... Uh, off the back of no formal qualifications or no study, I didn't believe any of those things were important for me, yet I'd spent, at that point when I got into TV, I'd already spent six years travelling. So I had that as a backup. So Derek, what kind of subjects can they do in school that may help them get on the right track, and what courses? Well, I think, uh, based on what you were just saying, that uh, for, for a travel show, you need someone who's had lots of experience. So if you're in school, you're not going to have as many opportunities to get that experience. So the next best thing is to to accumulate the knowledge, which means you know doing subjects, obviously uh, geography, uh, subjects related around that, maybe even history, mm, um, and languages, so you can speak other languages, so you may be useful in a particular on a, about particular countries. Um, that would be my thoughts. And also, I know in schools these days, there's so many opportunities to do travel exchanges and all that type of stuff. So get involved with that. Try and get involved as, men, as much traveling within your school curriculum mm. uh, while you're in school. And what Nick was saying basically was, look, we're not saying don't. You, there's not an opportunity there for you. But now, now that you've decided this is what you want to do, this is great because then now you can build your career around uh, this knowledge so that you can start working out what sort of travelling things you'd like to do to, to build up that experience so that uh, you'll be ready for the for a getaway type job when um, when you've had that experience. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm sure your school has a drama department. I'm sure you put on um, a theatre sports or a, a play or two throughout school. So certainly in terms of courses that you need to do, there are TV presenting courses. You need to have a look around in your local area, but you may not even need to do that. If you need to experience performance on a very basic level, just get involved in local dramas, local plays. I'm sure you've got a video camera at home. Just get in front of the camera. Just get active. There's no need to make any life-changing decisions at this point, not for you at your age, Kobe. I'm sure um, there are other 15-year-olds out there who want to be famous. I think you just need to get a good grounding in performance. Absolutely. That's great. Of course, if any of you have an interesting question for both Derek and I, you can email us at howtobeatvstar.com. Yeah. And just one last thing that we got to do is um, we got to let everyone know about a special promo offer that we offered before Christmas. Yes. And we said it, we were going to let we were going to run that until the end of December, but I think you know it was a bit crazy. Everyone's been you know away, yep. uh, ex- having a good time, so they probably haven't had a chance to take that take that opportunity to have a look at the offer. So we actually extend that till the end of January. So you have until the end of January to have a look at the full How to Be a TV Star Home Study Program, which contains uh, twelve DVDs and five audios and a couple of workbooks, which basically takes you through everything you need to know to build yourself a career in TV. Absolutely. Yeah, get onto it. It's a fantastic package. Um, that's it from us tonight. Uh, we'll see you in a fortnight. Thanks for listening for How to Be a TV Star and Plop Entertainment. I'm Nick Piper. I'm Derek C. You've been listening to the How to Be a TV Star podcast. See you later. Bye. <laughs>